chapter twelve of my life the story of a provincial by anton chekhov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter twelve when i was doing anything in the garden or the yard moisey would stand beside me and folding his arms behind his back he would stand lazily and impudently staring at me with his little eyes and this irritated me to such a degree that i threw up my work and went away from stepan we learned that moisey was madame chepreckoff's lover i noticed that when people came to her to borrow money they addressed themselves first to moisey and once i saw a peasant black from head to foot he must have been a coal-heaver bow down at moisey's feet sometimes after a little whispering he gave out money himself without consulting his mistress from which i concluded that he did a little business on his own account he used to shoot in our garden under our windows carried off victuals from our cellar borrowed our horses without asking permission and we were indignant and began to feel as though dubechnia were not ours and masha would say turning pale can we really have to go on living with these reptiles another eighteen months madame chepreckoff's son ivan was serving as a guard on our railway line he had grown much thinner and feebler during the winter so that a single glass was enough to make him drunk and he shivered out of the sunshine he wore the guard's uniform with aversion and was ashamed of it but considered his post a good one as he could steal the candles and sell them my new position excited in him a mixed feeling of wonder envy and a vague hope that something of the same sort might happen to him he used to watch masha with ecstatic eyes asked me what i had for dinner now and his lean and ugly face wore a sad and swedish expression and he moved his fingers as though he were feeling my happiness with them listen better than nothing he said fussily relighting his cigarette at every instant there was always a litter where he stood for he wasted dozens of matches lighting one cigarette listen my life now is the nastiest possible the worst of it is any subaltern can shout hi there guard i have overheard all sorts of things in the train my boy and do you know i have learned that life's a beastly thing my mother has been the ruin of me a doctor in the train told me that if parents are immoral their children are drunkards or criminals think of that once he came into the yard staggering his eyes gazed about blankly his breathing was laboured he laughed and cried and babbled as though in a high fever and the only words i could catch in his muddled talk were my mother where's my mother which he uttered with a wail like a child who has lost his mother in a crowd i led him into our garden and laid him down under a tree and masha and i took turns to sit by him all that day and all night he was very sick and masha looked with aversion at his pale wet face and said is it possible these reptiles will go on living another year and a half in our yard it's awful it's awful and how many mortifications the peasants caused us how many bitter disappointments in those early days in the spring months when we so longed to be happy my wife built a school i drew a plan of a school for sixty boys and the zemstvo board approved of it but advised us to build the school at kurilovka the big village which was only two miles from us moreover the school at kurilovka in which children from four villages our dubechnia being one of the number were taught was old and too small and the floor was scarcely safe to walk upon at the end of march at masha's wish she was appointed guardian of the kurilovka school and at the beginning of april we three times summoned the village assembly 
and tried to persuade the peasants that their school was old and overcrowded and that it was essential to build a new one a member of the zemstvo board and the inspector of peasant schools came and they too tried to persuade them after each meeting the peasants surrounded us begging for a bucket of vodka we were hot in the crowd we were soon exhausted and returned home dissatisfied and a little ill at ease in the end the peasants set apart a plot of ground for the school and were obliged to bring all the building material from the town with their own horses and the very first sunday after the spring corn was sown carts set off from kurilovka and dubechnia to fetch bricks for the foundations they set off as soon as it was light and came back late in the evening the peasants were drunk and said they were worn out as ill luck would have it the rain and the cold persisted all through may the road was in an awful state it was deep in mud the carts usually drove into our yard when they came back from the town and what a horrible ordeal it was a pot-bellied horse would appear at the gate setting its front legs wide apart it would stumble forward before coming into the yard a beam nine yards long wet and slimy looking crept in on a wagon beside it muffled up against the rain strode a peasant with the skirts of his coat tucked up in his belt not looking where he was going but stepping through the puddles another cart would appear with boards then a third with a beam a fourth and the space before our house was gradually crowded up with horses beams and planks men and women with their heads muffled and their skirts tucked up would stare angrily at our windows make an uproar and clamour for the mistress to come out to them coarse oaths were audible meanwhile moisey stood at one side and we fancied he was enjoying our discomfiture we are not going to cart any more the peasants would shout we are worn out let her go and get the stuff herself masha pale and flustered expecting every minute that they would break into the house would send them out a half pail of vodka after that the noise would subside and the long beams one after another would crawl slowly out of the yard when i was setting off to see the building my wife was worried and said the peasants are spiteful i only hope they won't do you a mischief wait a minute i'll come with you we drove to kurilovka together and there the carpenters asked us for a drink the framework of the house was ready it was time to lay the foundation but the masons had not come this caused delay and the carpenters complained and when at last the masons did come it appeared that there was no sand it had been somehow overlooked that it would be needed taking advantage of our helpless position the peasants demanded thirty kopecks for each cartload though the distance from the building to the river where they got the sand was less than a quarter of a mile and more than five hundred cartloads were found to be necessary there was no end to the misunderstandings swearing and importunity my wife was indignant and the foreman of the masons tit petrov an old man of seventy took her by the arm and said you look here you look here you only bring me the sand i set ten men on it at once in two days it will be done you look here but they brought the sand and two days passed and four and a week and instead of the promised foundations there was still a yawning hole it's enough to drive one out of one's senses said my wife in distress what people what people in the midst of these disorderly doings the engineer arrived he brought with him parcels of wine and savouries and after a prolonged meal lay down for a nap in the veranda and snored so loudly that the labourers shook their heads and said well masha was not pleased at his coming 
she did not trust him though at the same time she asked his advice when after sleeping too long after dinner he got up in a bad humour and said unpleasant things about our management of the place or expressed regret that he had bought dubechnia which had already been a loss to him poor masha's face wore an expression of misery she would complain to him and he would yawn and say that the peasants ought to be flogged he called our marriage and our life a farce and said it was a caprice a whim she has done something of the sort before he said about masha she once fancied herself a great opera singer and left me i was looking for her for two months and my dear soul i spent a thousand roubles on telegrams alone he no longer called me a dissenter or mr painter and did not as in the past express approval of my living like a workman but said you are a strange person you are not a normal person i won't venture to prophesy but you will come to a bad end and masha slept badly at night and was always sitting in our bedroom window thinking there was no laughter at supper now no charming grimaces i was wretched and when it rained every drop that fell seemed to pierce my heart like small shot and i felt ready to fall on my knees before masha and apologize for the weather when the peasants made a noise in the yard i felt guilty also for hours at a time i sat still in one place thinking of nothing but what a splendid person masha was what a wonderful person i loved her passionately and i was fascinated by everything she did everything she said she had a bent for quiet studious pursuits she was fond of reading for hours together of studying although her knowledge of farming was only from books she surprised us all by what she knew and every piece of advice she gave was of value not one was ever thrown away and with all that what nobility what taste what graciousness that graciousness which is only found in well-educated people to this woman with her sound practical intelligence the disorderly surroundings with petty cares and sordid anxieties in which we were living now were an agony i saw that and could not sleep at night my brain worked feverishly and i had a lump in my throat i rushed about not knowing what to do i galloped to the town and brought masha books newspapers sweets flowers with stepan i caught fish wading for hours up to my neck in the cold water in the rain to catch eel-pout to vary our fare i demeaned myself to beg the peasants not to make a noise i plied them with vodka bought them off made all sorts of promises and how many other foolish things i did at last the rain ceased the earth dried one would get up at four o'clock in the morning one would go out into the garden where there was dew sparkling on the flowers the twitter of birds the hum of insects not one cloud in the sky and the garden the meadows and the river were so lovely yet there were memories of the peasants of their carts of the engineer masha and i drove out together in the racing droshky to the fields to look at the oats she used to drive i sat behind her shoulders were raised and the wind played with her hair keep to the right she shouted to those she met you are like a sledge-driver i said to her one day maybe why my grandfather the engineer's father was a sledge-driver didn't you know that she asked turning to me and at once she mimicked the way sledge-drivers shout and sing and thank god for that i thought as i listened to her thank god and again memories of the peasants of the carts of the engineer end of chapter twelve Recording by Expatria in Bangor, Maine.